You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, yes, even in the offseason. And I'm your host, TV producer and comedian, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm begging you, call me Sully. This show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the brand new manager of the New York Mets. Also, what team could potentially be lurking in the weeds for making some big phrase and signing? I think there's one team that could be ready to be the next Houston Astros. What team is that? I'll get to them in just a minute. This show is, as always, available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Bob Bean, all the places where you get your podcasts. You can go directly to the site, LockedOnMLB.com, or you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram, at LockedOnMLB. I'm personally at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play. Podcast Locked On MLB. And please, hands on the wheel. Enjoy the show safely while you're driving. Well, I mentioned this the other day that the baseball season to me ends. The end credit sequence is the victory parade. And the parade they had in Washington was one of those parades that you look at and go like, man, this is special. This is truly special. I mean, this happened in... 2004, obviously, when the Red Sox won their title. I saw it happen in 2010 when the San Francisco Giant fans finally got their title. White Sox fans so effusive in 2005 when finally Chicago had a title. It was the White Sox who got their first. All these great moments where it's not just a celebration for that team, but that sense of, I never thought I'd see this happen. You know, the, the Red Sox have won a couple of World Series since. And each parade is wonderful. Each team is great. But nothing will be like that time when you're like, wow, I never thought I'd experience this. And Nationals fans, there are some of you out there who listen to this show regularly. It's going to hit you next year. The parade was great. Lots of Baby Shark. Great shots of Max Scherzer dancing with fans and Dave Martinez getting off and the float and posing with a World War II veteran. You got Sean Doolittle waving his lightsaber. You got Dozier taking his shirt off. The great party is great. Here's where it will get terrific. When the Nationals face adversity in 2020, or years down the line, or when they blow it in the postseason, or in the regular season, do you know what you'll never have to say? I'm never going to see him win. No, you have. That's off the table for you. You know, I mean, I'm I'm just saying this as a Boston fan. Like the, the Red Sox collapsed down the stretch in 2011. It was an epic collapse, and it pissed me off. But I got over it quickly. Cause like, ah, I really wanted to win this year. All right, dust yourself off and move on. It no longer weighs on you. You're angry at the moment, but it no longer is the thing that drives who you are. You no longer have to say. Will I die? Will my body become one with the loam and realize I will never experience this joy? Now you have. And that can be 
your security blanket, a la Linus. And each victory you get upon that will build upon it because you'll get to the postseason and go like, oh, they're in trouble. They'll, they'll never come through. They never come through. Oh, wait, no, they did. They did in 19, didn't they? And that will make the experience of baseball not worse but better. People said Red Sox fans, Cub fans, White Sox fans, whatever, will lose their identity if they finally win. And we did. We all did. What we gained is we became fans who enjoyed it for fun and didn't treat it as a life or death will I ever experience joy. You'll find fun in the years ahead. You'll find fun in being a fan. You'll find fun in the relief. You'll find even the losses don't sting. And the victories are still wonderful. And so you will enjoy that. You'll really reap the benefits of this some point next season after a tough loss. And chances are the Nationals will not win the World Series next year. We've not had a repeat champion this century. Technically, we did because the 2000 Yankees repeat after 99. But we haven't had two teams that both won this century go back to back. How about that for a convoluted way of making my point? And so you will get relief. And you will get joy. And you won't be saying, oh, the Drew Storen. Oh, the 18-inning loss to the Giants. Oh, the picked off at first base. Oh, my God. da 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 Nope, all gone. Bye. Toodaloo. Get a cap. And here we are. Now, Steven Strasburg opted out, as is his right. He earned the right to do that. Uh, he has been, he's logged a decade in Washington. And I honestly believe that if you give a team 10 years of your career as a fan, you can't complain. You got a decade. And for Washington fans, you got a decade and what if his last game was winning a championship and he goes elsewhere? My favorite player of all time, of all time, is Pedro Martinez. His final game in a Boston Red Sox uniform was winning game three of the 2004 World Series. He broke down on the Mets dime. And with Pedro no longer on the payroll, they were able to bring in Josh Beckett, who helped win in 2007. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I do think Strasburg is going to return. I think he is going to return to the Nationals because I think he likes being a National. I think that he's been there for the bad times. He's been there for the frustration. He's been there for the questioning of whether or not he should be in the playoff rotation and blah, 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 blah. And I think he wants to be there for the victory lap. So what I think is going to happen, I think this is kind of a, a contractual formality. I think he's going to opt out. He's going to take a look at his um, you know, situation. He's probably going to re-sign with the Nats and have a couple of years tacked on to the end of the long-term contract. Okay, Anthony Rendon is a much different situation. I think that Anthony Rendon and the wonderful finale that he had to the 2019 postseason will be his final games, in all probability, his final games in Washington. The reason why I say that is I think that there, there's a couple things in play. First of all, the Nats have a ton of questions to ask about what they're going to do about their payroll. Can they really afford to sign Rendon the big contract? Also, you're going to see some franchises out there that need to make a splash, that need to mollify a fan base that wants to see something. Now, 
Where is Anthony Rendon from? He's from Texas. They made a big deal that he, I think he was born in Minute Maid Park is what they were. They were he was born on Towles Hill, Mr. Houston. Do I think he's going to Houston? No, I think he's going, probably going to go to Texas. He's probably going to go to the Texas Rangers, who are opening a new park, who want to make a big splash, who are tired of eating the Astros' dust. And here you go. Let's bring in Astro killer Anthony Rendon. Boom. Or maybe it will be the Dodgers who may wind up doing a facelift to the team. Kind of like what happened to Toronto in the late 80s, early 90s, when they kept putting tremendous team on the field year after year after year. And then one year they said, F it. Let's just change the look of our team. Let's change the look. Let's trade away McGriff. Let's trade away Tony Fernandez. Let's not resign Bell. Let's not get the usual cast of characters. Let's bring in a new cast of characters in here. In comes Alomar. In comes Joe Carter. In comes the championships. Maybe the Dodgers are going to do something drastic like that to, to shake things up. And like Rendon could show up. Or maybe the Angels will. Or maybe the Mets will to want to steal them from the Washington Nationals. And they desperately need to make a big splash. All these things are possible. And Rendon signing with someone is, you know, he picked the perfect time to put his great talents on display and as a champion and everything like that because he was able to do it with his contract running out, his free agency there, and always out there. There's always exists rich owners who say, F it, we need to make a splash. We could end up with the Angels for that matter. We need to make a splash. You know, most of the time you have the analytics department coming up with this, coming up with that, and having good data. But don't ever give up on the concept of a rich owner who bought the team to have fun, who's tired of seeing his team lose, saying to hell with all this, get me a rich toy. That's how you got Manny Machado signing a gigantic contract with the Padres who were nowhere near contention. Maybe they will be soon. But that's what will probably happen with Rendon. I think it will be the Rangers. It might be the Angels, but it probably won't be the Nats. So we're going to talk a little bit about a new manager in a big market and the team that I think is going to be quite dangerous in the upcoming years and trying to pull off what the Astros did so successfully in the second part of this last decade. But I got to say, I'm going to talk, change the subject just a little bit from baseball to another thing, which is sex. But because this is a baseball podcast, I'll speak in code. Guys, were you a pitcher who went deep into games, didn't need any relief? No pitch counts. You went nine. Do you find yourself tiring out? Are you now like a one-out situational reliever? Do you need something to increase your stamina? Get a few complete games and have the confidence that your partner won't be looking in the bullpen trying to bring in a relief pitcher? Well, then try Blue Chew. Blue as in the color blue. It's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's legit. Take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach, at the Nationals Victory Parade. I don't judge. They work twice as fast as the pill, so you won't need to warm up as long in the bullpen to get into the game. We baseball fans love performance-enhancing drugs, and this one works. You can even use it in Cooperstown. They won't test you. It's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no awkwardness, 
They're made in the United States, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code MLB. Try it for free. Blue Chew is the faster, better, and cheaper choice. And thank you for sponsoring the Locked On MLB podcast. So the Mets hired Carlos Beltran to be their manager. I have kind of mixed feelings about this. It's nothing to do with Carlos Beltran. I think Carlos Beltran had a wonderful career as a player. From everything I've heard, from what people say in interviews and everything like that, Carlos Beltran has probably forgotten more baseball than I'll ever know. I think he probably will become a wonderful manager. He always had the the reputation of being not just a, a talented player, but a very intelligent player. And so all these things could work in his favor, and who knows? He could step right into New York, could right into the Mets management, and win. I have an issue of handing a major league job to someone who has not managed or been in the coaching staff on any level. I really do. I think there's something to be said about, uh, yeah, I did it. I did it in Tidewater. I did it in Pawtucket, or I was a bench coach for this team, or whatever it is, to have a little bit of that under your belt. He's taking over a high-profile team that has images of winning a division dancing in their head if they're going to keep Syndergaard, if they're going to keep DeGrom, if they're going to try to make a run for Rendon, which I think they will. I think the Mets are a team that understands that they have a, we want to win right now, but they don't quite have all the pieces together for that. That's why I think they needed a Girardi. Girardi, for all the talk about him winning a title with a super-stacked Yankee team in 2009, showed with the Marlins and showed with his latter years with the Yankees that he could win with young players and having them coalesce. But, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Girardi is in Philadelphia. There are several other managers out there. I mean, I pointed at Showalter. Now, Showalter would probably clash with the front office of the Mets, and that's probably the the elephant in the room here is who can get along well with Brody Van Wagenen and the Mets ownership. And maybe that's Beltran. I I don't, I'm not crazy about this move. I'm not. And I'm going to put it on record here. Now I've been wrong about some managers. I called for Davey Martinez to be fired when he had a crummy first season with the Nationals. And at Memorial Day, he was floating around with the fishes. And by that, I mean the Marlins. Now, it turns out I was wrong, and Davey Martinez proved me wrong. But I also thought Davey Martinez was an excellent choice to be hired by the Nationals. He was a bench coach for uh, Madden in both Tampa Bay and Chicago, and he had a tremendous reputation of being a really sharp guy and a smart potential manager. I just didn't think he was a fit with Washington, but now here we are. He is now the second manager in Major League Baseball history to manage a championship in Washington, D.C. So there you go. So Beltran could be the right choice, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it unfolds. Now, so many teams tried to tank over the last bunch of years and emulate what the Astros and to a lesser degree what the Cubs have done over the last few seasons, where they get, let's just be as bad as we can for a couple of years, Trade away everything that isn't nailed down. 
and draft and flood our farm system with talent. And then eventually that talent will blossom and will be a championship caliber team. It worked with the Cubs and it worked with the Astros. They each had parades. You may have missed them. One was in 2016, one was in 2017. They both won thrilling World Series and gave their fan bases who thought they were never going to win that piece that I talked about earlier that Washington Nationals fans feel. If you're a Cubs fan, and I know a bunch of you, yeah, there's a ton of frustration, especially how the wild card game ended in 2018 and how the playoffs were missed altogether this year. But you never have to say the sentence, will I ever see the Cubs win the World Series unless you're a two-year-old baby. Same for Astros fans who blew their bullpen melted down in Game 7 of the World Series. That's always a rough thing to say out loud. But they can always cling to 2017. So other teams want to do that. And you've seen teams get the easy part down, trading away their players and stinking. That's why I think there are so many 100-loss teams. I think that's inflated the win totals of some of the teams, like Minnesota, like Oakland, like last year's Red Sox team, which won, what, 105, 116, or 108 games, whatever the final tally was. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. I thought it was a little inflated because they played so many teams that were in the process of trying to lose. Now, the hard part is get the players back who can then develop into good players. And this team that I think is closest to pulling that off is going to be a very dangerous team in the free agency market for this year. And that's the Chicago White Sox. Chicago White Sox have some money. They play in a large market. Now, granted, they don't have the best attendance. But you know what? I don't really look at attendance as the barometer of how successful your team is. You know, you, you really can't, which is one reason why I think teams should invest in things like seat fillers and everything like that, because it's not about how many how the turnstiles are going and how many foam we're number one fingers you're selling. It's about the revenue of that you get from media, from TV, from streaming and all that is much more important. So I think the discussion like Tampa Bay's attendance discussion is so overrated because they actually get good TV numbers. You know, they actually get some decent revenue. But the White Sox have a chance for tremendous revenue. And do what they also have. They have created through a bunch of smart trades, whether it was trading away Eaton, trading away uh, Chris Sale, whether it was trading away Jimenez a few years ago. All the things that they've done over the years have started to come to fruition. And you see Mancada. You see Aloy Jimenez. You see Lucas Giolito. You're starting to see some of these players who they have picked up and have become the building blocks for a team. If they could retain Jose Abreu, and there's already talk that they're going to do that, then you have an infield of Abreu, of Tim Anderson, of Moncada, and then uh, who's the other? I mean, you have, uh, there's one other infielder who's not coming to mind right now. Um, uh, Yomer Sanchez is, I mean, he's, he's in his mid twenties right now. Jimenez in the outfield. Um, you know, Cordell has some talent and, uh, you know, and then you have, uh, um, was one of the, one of the big name they potentially in there. I mean, McCann is a, is a decent catcher right there. Dylan Cease, who didn't have a great time in the major leagues, but he's got talent. Ronaldo Lopez. 
You have all these young players. And some of them have the potential to be all-stars and a really good foundation. And some of those were brought in in trades dealing away the veterans. It took guts to make some of those moves. And they got back decent talent. So now if you have a bedrock, we've got a decent infield. we got a couple players in our outfield. If we could get one more big bat in our lineup, one starting pitcher to act the way that Charlie Liebrandt did in when he went to the um, Braves, when they had their talented pitches in there, and maybe a veteran closer, and the White Sox could take advantage of a division that could see the Twins take a step back and could see the Indians take a step back. They did the easy, the, the, the easy part of trading them away. They did the hard part of getting back decent players. And now they have some money to spend. So when you take a look at Strasburg being out there as a free agent, what if you plug Strasburg into there? Said, here's your new challenge. Lead, lead Chicago to the title. I don't think he's going to go. What if they throw their hat into the ring for Garrett Cole? Now, I do think Garrett Cole is going to go to the Angels. I think that's a perfect fit for him. I also think he could wind up going to the Yankees. He could lead him to a title. But what if the White Sox just say, hey, here we go. What, what do You fill in the number. Whenever a team comes out of nowhere to sign a player, it's always a, you tell us a number. Or what if they try to go for multiple people? What if they say, hey, we could use Bumgarner and Dallas Keuchel. Instead of signing one, we bring in two pitchers who have excelled in the postseason and have World Series jewelry to show and could lead the way. What I'm saying is, is that, yes, obviously people look at the Dodgers and Red Sox and Yankees as the teams that will be the big spenders. But I don't think the Red Sox will be. I think one of the reasons why they got rid of Dombrowski is because they want to start making some tough financial decisions. And that will probably mean J.D. Martinez is going to opt out and go somewhere else. Go to a team that may need a big slugger who has World Series pedigree in the middle of their lineup. Like, oh, I don't know, the White Sox! They may make to make a deal involving either... Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. or, God forbid, Mookie Betts as they have to make tough decisions. And so I don't think the Red Sox are going to be big bidders. I don't think the Dodgers are going to be big bidders. I think they're going to start moving some of their pieces around. Say, we got to do something to shake things up because this squad's not winning at all. And so I don't think they're going to be free agent signings in Dodgers. I think they're going to trade big contract for big contract. You might see some blockbuster swaps there. I do think the Yankees are going to be big spenders. I do think the Angels are going to be big spenders. And I do think you're going to see some teams that are like, oh, for God's sakes, can we just please win something? You may see a team like Minnesota just out of nowhere say like, all right, what's it going to take to sign insert starting pitcher here? And then there's the White Sox saying, hey, how do you like to come here? Not as a desperate move of we got to win right now. But how do you sign a long-term deal knowing you have the chance to be competitive, probably starting this year. I think they're going to start having winning seasons in 2020. And now the second or third year of the deal, you'll be used to the place and will be winning. You'll be surrounded by young kids who are under control. And then you could be a winner. The White Sox are lurking in the weeds as the latest potential perfect rebuilding team. And they are the exact team 
that can make a big splash in the free agent market if done correctly. Or they can totally bomb and it'll be the Astros and the Dodgers next year. But what I do know is I'm continuing doing these podcasts in the offseason. Now, uh, for the next bunch of weeks, I'm still going to be doing five a week. You're going to be hearing some more interviews, some more evergreen stuff, and some stuff in the hot stove league going to be coming about. We're going to be having some fun. Uh, if you followed my old uh, feed at Sully Baseball on the on your whatever you get your podcasts, I'm making an announcement on there. Keep your eyes open for there for an announcement for a uh, a fun pod, podcast project that I'm doing as well that I think you will really enjoy. And fans of Lockdown MLB should enjoy that as well. It has to do with my two great loves baseball and movies. So that should be, you know, keep your eye out. That should be a lot of fun. And check out all the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where really is your team every day, because you're seeing a lot of the baseball podcasts are continue posting shows in the offseason. There's a ton of basketball. Check out whatever your favorite basketball team is. Check that out. A lot of football. Your sports area, if you like this format, we're all over the place on Lockdown MLB. Or Lockdown, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's not just Lockdown MLB. Sorry. It just flows out of me like that. So, hey, it's been so much fun doing the regular season with you. So let's hang around. I would argue that a podcast like this and the other show I'm going to be doing, the the, the fun project I'm doing for this offseason, this is when you need these podcasts the most because baseball is a daily companion. And suddenly, boop, it's gone. I already miss it. I spent a whole weekend just sort of out of habit trying to see what the score was. And so know that we're going to be still here. If you need your baseball fix, we're here for you, especially in those cold months where you just want to talk baseball. Your pal Sully will be there. So follow us on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you get your show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockdownMLB. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, this has been the Lockdown Podcast, MLB Podcast. For this is the last time. How many times am I going to screw up the name of my own show? Locked on MLB for the fourth day of November 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.